If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za. Looking forward to this conversation, but the truth is we can talk about load shedding all day. Uh, and I guess this is a challenge that we're all very clear uh, in terms of uh, its uh, impact on South Africa's economy uh, and the challenges in terms of plugging the inefficiencies and lack of maintenance at some of our points of infrastructure. Uh, but I'm keen to understand, as the Energy Council of South Africa, what have your observations been about this particular crisis? Yeah, so I think definitely uh, load shedding is just one of those things every day it's ingrained in all of us. It's the almost the manifestation that we all feel so emotional about, which kind of captures the distrust and the lack of confidence, uh, which is built up, I think, in the South African economy and the society. So I think we do get quite emotional about it, rightly so, because as you said, it's, it's debilitating for job creations, businesses large and small. The... Sono, I think, was just such awful timing. Um, I, I do feel that directionally the president was correct. Um, that, and we have turned the corner on the energy crisis. Um, and I'll talk about that. But I think that we've seen politicians and uh, sort of so-called by Wednesday, and they actually are predicting a, a load shedding free over the weekend into next week. So we certainly are, said, but, you know, I think there's a lack of, maybe trust sometimes in the way that politicians tackle these topics. 100%. Mr. McKay, I'm aware that the line does tend to dip in and out, and unfortunately that is a consequence of load shedding actually impacting our broadcast here today, but we will maintain the conversation. Uh, As you mentioned, the level of distrust, but of course we're looking at uh, solution-driven outcomes that we're keen to understand. ESCOM is due to see its incoming CEO uh, take to the helm at the beginning of March, but beyond that, uh, are there other initiatives that perhaps you might have actively participated in as the Energy Council to, to seek solutions here? Absolutely. So we're very active um, also through the Business uh, for South Africa partnership with government um, and through the National Energy Crisis Committee. So the the energy crisis, I mean, the the layperson sees and feels the impact of load shedding, but actually the energy crisis is ending load shedding, which is energy security and reliability. Also, a huge amount of investment and work that needs to be done around modernizing our energy system and a lot of reforms we need to go through. um, and, And most industrialized Countries in the world have already done done this, so, so we are behind in this front. And then we do have to decarbonize. We, we have signed global commitments. We have got now climate legislation um, that we do need to reduce our emissions, and we are the most emissions-intensive economy in the world. So like it or not, the energy crisis is not only about load shedding. However, when we do talk about load shedding, um, there's two things that are, are going to impact that. One is what is the Eskom's fleet performance and the other aspect is how quickly we're building re- new generation, at the moment largely wind and solar renewable energy, energy through the private sector. And there we've seen significant changes in the last 18 months um, where I think that both on both fronts there is a huge amount of focus and clarity and a shift in direction coming through government, through NECOM, uh, that is enabling both ESKIM as well as the private sector, I think, to make some big improvements. Um, And I'll I'll happily just talk to some of the issues that everyone will want to know is what's happening with ESKIM and is it still corrupt and is it kind of collapsing? 100%. So so if one just kind of thinks a little bit back, so 2022, the ESKIM availability on the fleet was roughly 58%. 
2023 dropped to 55%. And the projections are, or were by a lot of sort of the naysayers and the negative views, is that that projection would just continue to slide and we would continue to get worse and worse. I think what we saw in through end of 23 into 24 was a huge effort for of Eskom to decentralize a lot of control power, um, change of management executives at the power station. And they are busy with a number of initiatives that are already being sort of implemented in order to deal with known technical problems. So those technical programs and initiatives are working. I mean, I've personally been to at least five of the power stations. We talked to the the, the power station oh, really? uh, general managers. Mm-hmm. So we can see that it's being done. Um, and there's significant benefits that will, are coming into the system over time. And most of those initiatives come through by the end of this year. What remains, however, is that um, the overall ESCOM system as a state-owned entity is not very, it's unreliable. Uh, I mean, from global power utility of the year in 2001, they had 13 CEOs in 14 years, state capture, loss of skills, loss of capability, and 10 years of bad maintenance. So while they are recovering at the moment, the correct kind of early wins in terms of technical interventions, getting back the operating maintenance discipline, the skills, the system reliability, which is why a lot of people say it's unpredictable whether Eskom will fail or not. But, you know, that is the reality that we live in. And I think what helps that is what we've seen is this huge influx now of renewable generation coming through from the private sector 100%. investment. And maybe if I can jump in there, James, very briefly, just before we wrap this uh, conversation up, I'm aware that there's been a heightened focus of investment when it comes to generation, but distribution is what I'm told uh, is, is where we actually reach uh, a bit of a challenge, largely because our distribution network, some, uh, uh, an engineer once described it as a bowl of spaghetti uh, in terms of distribution. Help us contextualize and understand uh, the kind of legislative changes that might have to take place there, but also from an infrastructure point of view is it possible to fix it yeah you're quite right um our municipal distribution sort of uh reliability and system connection is lagging significantly um it's going to need a lot of work and it's not just the reform but it's also investment in huge backlogs of maintenance and bearing in mind that probably 75 percent of south africans connect through municipalities and distribution we have to fix that. Otherwise, all that happens is we service corporates and mines and industrial you know, mm. clusters, but we're not servicing the average South African. So it is an area of focus. It, it is being raised by ministers in the presidency in order to get more focus. But, you know, I think that um, there's, still a, uh, there's still a lot of hard work that needs to be happen. It needs to happen to get the municipal side of things up to the same sort of level of focus and work that's happening in Eskom and, and transmission. James, such a pleasure speaking to you, sir. Unfortunately, we are limited for time, but certainly looking forward to hearing more about the developments that do take place in the months to come, uh, and more especially after the first 100 days in office of the incoming ESCOM CEO. Thank you again for your time this evening, sir. If you missed it live, catch the podcast on kaya959.co.za.